Dog owners in North Vancouver are now being advised to keep their dogs on a very short leash, particularly if they are walking in the Cates Park area. And this is after two confirmed fatalities of dogs and reports of other dogs becoming sick. Now, RCMP are saying they think it is linked to some type of poisonous mushroom that can be found in that park. However, one of the owners of a dog that died on Thanksgiving weekend says she's not convinced that is the culprit. And I caught up with her yesterday and Joan Stewart Gay spoke with me about what happened when she took her beautiful, her beautiful retriever Clooney for a walk in Kate's Park. Well, we just were out for our normal, you know, hour or so walk and we walked up the, um, the you know, the, the normal trails and then coming back, uh, we, uh, I cut through this trail behind me and um, he, he's walking in front of me and quite normally and then nose in the air like he smells something and jumps into the undergrowth here. And I called him, he came back and we just continued on our way. Everything seemed to be normal ate his dinner, everything was as normal. And then um, he was uh, panting and uh, unsettled, you know, when, when I was going to bed and didn't settle all night, threw up once or twice. And then I got up to, um, uh, you know, at five o'clock he was quite sick and I got up and decided I had to drive him across town to emergency because it was Thanksgiving day and nothing was open on the North Shore. So by the time I got myself ready and, uh, you know, he was going downhill, I could see at this time he was going downhill. And by the time I was ready, well, he couldn't have got up and um, he was breathing very shallow at the time. And, uh, and uh, he took a couple of gasps and he was just gone by 7 in the morning, 7.15 in the morning, he was gone. Oh, and so, so just 14 hours. Something really, like that, after. yeah. After this. Yeah. And so, so the word is getting out, or police are, are linking this, saying that there's a possibility that, that it's toxic mushrooms, because there have been a couple of other cases as mm-hmm. well. Do you think that your dog ate a mushroom? Well, you know, I mean, anything's possible, and I, I, can, I don't have proof positive, but I just, you know, my dog, I don't believe, would have eaten mushrooms. He ate just about anything, but two things he didn't like were celery and mushrooms. And I can't believe he put his nose in the air and, and, and decided to, that he'd smelt something very enticing and it was a mushroom. I just don't believe that. And it was but, fast, like you said, he put his nose in the air and like labs and... and jumped into the, the bushes and, and, you know, and they kind of rummage around till they, you know, come upon what it is they smelt. And uh, I called him and he came back. And then we, we continued and just went home and uh, he ate his dinner as normal. And... Um, it was just about 11 o'clock at night that he started displaying, you know, panting symptoms and being unsettled. And um, it just kind of got worse through the night. And even at, at the time, you wouldn't have even thought, I mean, people with dogs, we all know, like dogs, my dog will eat pizza crusts, will eat things off the ground. You don't really think about it. You don't think. I didn't think, I didn't because I've got a pear tree and, and I mean, Pears fall if there's a wind or, you know, they fall to the ground. He could not wait to get out in the morning to find out how many, you know, pears had dropped. And he would eat them all. And I just thought he had an upset tummy. He'd been eating too much fruit. To be quite honest, when he threw up, that's what it was. Mostly fruit. And a, a bit of his kibble, I guess, too. But, you know, a lot of pears. Because that's what he'd been eating. Yeah. The signs have gone up. You've put up signs as well. 
I put up a sign, I put up several signs in the park just to warn everybody that wa walks here. Um, we all know each other. I know most of the dogs. I know most of the people that walk on a regular basis and I would just hate for it to happen to anybody else. How concerned are you though? People are going to see what the, the, the RCMP is saying or people are going to see the signs that the district has put up about mushrooms and, and only be concerned about mushrooms when, when it could be something else. Well, we don't have proof either way. I, I just find it strange that they're saying it's mushrooms because I don't think they've proven it's mushrooms. And if it is, I'd really like to see a toxology on, on um, you know, whether or not they are poisonous. If there are poisonous mushrooms around, I still have a hard time believing my dog would eat a mushroom. But, you know, can't confirm it or deny it. And you've heard then about, a, there have been other cases, I know and you've been talking to other dog owners too, have there been, have there been other fatalities? I understand there have. Um, I heard of, of uh, I've heard, I believe, of two, and then the Windsor Park dog that that recovered, and uh, her vet said yes, he, she believed it had been poisoned. And uh, that was Joan Stewart Gay. She's a resident in North Vancouver. Her eight-year-old uh, retriever. Clooney passed away after eating something in Kate's Park. That has led to a number of signs going up, but Joan has also put her own signs up warning people in the park. And the questions are, because they have not definitively said it was poisonous mushrooms, but dog owners are being warned to watch out for that. And she mentioned the other case too, and that was only about three weeks ago in nearby Windsor Park on the North Shore. Somebody put up some threatening signs about dogs and a dog fell very ill after eating something that had been left, a white powdery substance with what appeared to be bacon bits on it. Uh, thankfully, that dog survived and was able to be uh, given IV treatment and treated by the vet and did survive. But it was confirmed that dog was poisoned as well, which also has dog owners on the North Shore questioning. If there was a case of poisoning so soon, just a few weeks ago, how the RCMP are able to quickly say it's mushrooms and saying that perhaps it's not and it needs to be looked at. Uh, bottom line, veterinarians are saying keep your dog on a leash if you're in the Cates Park area and if you see signs of that panting when perhaps the dog shouldn't be, lethargy, a reaction to this, uh, get your dog to the vet as soon as possible. Uh, we are told that uh, there is still an investigation involving the SBCA, so we'll see if anything else comes from that. Well, let's bring in Mike Klassen. He was up very late last night on the global panel covering the election results as they were coming in, looking at them real time. He is joining us again this morning. Mike, thank you so much for getting up early and being with us today. Well, I, I tweeted earlier that political pundits never sleep. They just hi they just hibernate between elections. <laughs> you just crawl under a table and try and, try and get a couple of minutes of shut-eye, and that's it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so let's start uh, with uh, what a lot of people are talking about in Vancouver, a very close race. It's not often you have to wait till the very last station comes in to make sure you know who the winner is. It has been a long, long time since we've had to wait till that very last uh, poll to come in at one o'clock or so in the morning. Um, and also uh, a, a very narrow gap between the winner and second place uh, of a thousand votes. Ken Sim uh, was seesawing throughout the night uh, between Kennedy Stewart and himself. And uh, the um, you really have this uh, split council now. You've got five, you know, so-called called group them into the progressives. You've got one one city. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Cope, and you've got three Green. 
um, and then, of course, 5 NPA. Um, I suppose, for me, I'm kind of cheering about the fact that uh, 8 of 11 members of council are women now. So, that, to me, that is a, a huge leap forward. Um, so, that there's a, a, a lot of stories to be told about uh, what happened. Yeah, Chilliwack might want to take a page from Vancouver's when we're looking at uh, having a bit of diversity on the council. But that's a, probably a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, can we look at it forward, though? And, and a lot of people commenting this morning saying that with this breakdown or this makeup of council in Vancouver, that Kennedy Stewart really will have to work with the different groups and they're, they're going to have to find some common ground. But I mean, and maybe this is being a bit too broad, but you would think that perhaps the green councillors would be more um, on page with Kennedy Stewart than the NPA. So so there, we could see, even what we're seeing at a provincial level as far as on various issues, uh, You could, can we kind of look at the crystal ball and know how votes might go? Well, it, it, there's a whole bunch of things that could happen with the Greens. And I think it's very interesting. In fact, I just tweeted out, uh, the, you know, to sort of congratulating them on becoming truly a, uh, a convincingly a, a, a powerful entity in, in Vancouver politics, for a long time, they were getting one or two seats, you know, on the various boards. But now, you know, they're topping the polls. Pete Fry, uh, an old friend of mine, we, we actually worked in an alternative newspaper uh, a long, long time ago. Um, and uh, he was number two on the ballot. Um, I think that within that caucus, you've got uh, Michael Weeb, um, who comes from a small business background. He would be kind of more center, although he was quick to show up at Kennedy Stewart's uh, 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 election uh, headquarters last night uh, after the election, kind of signaling that he wants to work with the new mayor. Um, so I it really, it's um, it's going to be interesting. I think Adrian will probably mentor them to some extent until they really get their feet on council. Uh, so I'm not saying that they they won't be unified, but there will be some differences of opinion within that uh, within that group. Um, of course, um, kind of more to the left of them, you've got uh, Christine Boyle from One City. Uh, very brand new to political life. Um, and uh, she comes, she's actually, I believe she's a minister. So she actually comes, I think she'll probably have to come in there and hopefully, um, you know, calm things down in that council occasionally, because there are some strong personalities on all sides. And it's interesting too, the difference in Vancouver really was, I, I think, we could, people will look at this as a voting vision out. Even if you think Kennedy Stewart maybe has some of the same ideas or would be somewhat aligned with that party, a vision was, was annihilated in Vancouver. Whereas if you compare that to Burnaby, where Derek Corrigan did not get reelected, but his party still did do very well on council. Well, there's so really what happened in both Vancouver, Burnaby, and uh, to a large extent in New Westminster is you saw the big influence of organized labor, um, making sure that they got their people elected. So Mike Hurley ended up getting the endorsement of uh, the New West District Labor Council. Uh, it was a complete wipeout in New Westminster. We saw a fantastic campaign led by Daniel Fontaine, the newest progressives, but they weren't able to get anybody elected apart from one person on school board. And uh, in Vancouver, um, there is always going to be that really tight uh, one vote difference. Uh, that means Kennedy Stewart's going to have to figure out a way to try and work with everybody on that on that council. He's going to have to attend the meetings. I think what happened with Vision is that they just stopped engaging with the public. You could just see it over time. The mayor really stopped showing up at events. He stopped uh, being really interested in the in the, the affairs of the city. And I think Vision has paid for that dearly 
by just completely thinking they could govern from, you know, high on the mount and not really engage with the public. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see how uh, the dynamic is on that council. Uh, let's shift over to Surrey. And people have been calling in this morning and emailing. And uh, and I don't live in Surrey, but I think I, like some people, thought crime would have been top of mind for people. But And maybe it's uh, more the listeners of this program, uh, but uh, saying that it was LRT, it was SkyTrain, it was Doug McCallum's promise to scrap LRT and bring in SkyTrain that really got them voting for him. Almost a promise that he cannot keep as yeah. well. There's a few of those that uh, we heard Doug McCallum make. Um, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, Surrey, uh, under Diane Watts, and I think later on with Linda Hepner, was getting a reputation for being, you know, uh, a, becoming a big city. Um, they had built a new, were starting to build a new downtown core. Um, they were facing the kind of homelessness challenges uh, that we see in other uh, major centers. So they were uh, really kind of getting on top of that as well with um, uh, different um, modular housing and what have you. And now we feel like we've kind of gone back to the future with, with Doug McCallum. He's uh, 75 years old. There's nothing, you know, he's had this sort of late comeback. Um, he's um, potentially going to be a bit of a bull in the china shop. It'll be very interesting to watch how that council works and, and how he governs over the next little while. And do you think, I mean, we, we're told promises all the time, and certainly Vancouver was no different uh, when you looked at some of the promises of housing builds and, and things. that It's not going to happen. It's, it's especially not going to happen right away. Are people, is it that they want to believe that Doug McCallum can wave a magic wand and get rid of LRT and bring in SkyTrain? Or, or are we in for perhaps a bit of a backlash if it doesn't happen exactly the way he promised? Well, he did... He did uh you know, uh, campaign very hard on the crime issue. So if we don't see any improvement there, he'll be accountable for that. On the LRT, I honestly don't know how far they're going to go down that road. I suspect what will happen is eventually uh, the Safe Survey Coalition and and McCallum might have a a come-to-Jesus moment and realize that LRT is probably the more practical solution for that region. Um, building SkyTrain, especially over the swampy ground that exists between there and Langley, uh, the farmland, it just doesn't make sense. It costs like hundreds of millions of dollars per, per kilometer. Uh, you have to build five-story stations. It's like building a five-story building. There's tons of concrete. It just doesn't make sense for that uh, that part of the, the city. And I think you probably have, I'm convinced now you'd have more success with uh, a light rail, but uh, I guess the people in Surrey have um, uh, made their their opinion known about what they think about that. Uh, you mentioned as well uh, the endorsement of the uh, the district labor councils uh, yesterday on Twitter. I was seeing people that were still getting uh, the tweets from uh, unions saying, "Hey, remember to go vote." And by the way, here would be the best person to vote for. Uh, there was talk as well. We will look at how things unfolded with this uh, election under the new rules. Uh, what do you think? What where should the conversation go when we're talking about getting big money, getting unions out of election races when clearly they were still very much involved in this case? You know what? I, and I don't I don't begrudge uh, the unions necessarily having uh, a, a very strong opinion about who what kind of council they'd like to see and and having their members um, uh, support them and, 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 and communicating to their members. However, when you start seeing um, them, you know, giving book off time to, to dozens, if not to a lot more people from work, um, the fact that they hired paid organizers, you know, uh, that they ran advertising campaigns, they had 
phone banks, they had robocalls, they had all the all the hallmarks of a traditional large-scale campaign, which we know costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. That was the kind of stuff that wasn't supposed to be in this election. We've heard the minister and the premier uh, responsible for this legislation that was brought in last year, saying that they will be looking at it. I think it's got to go beyond that. I think there needs to be an independent review. And I, and I really want to hold them to this promise because there are problems with, with this legislation. And um, uh, we can't have another election with the same kind of loopholes in place. So I think having a, an outside party, uh, perhaps somebody from another province, take a look at this legislation would be, I think, give confidence to voters. I'm really, my biggest concern is that the voters are going to think that the results are not legitimate because of these uh, this imbalance. All right. Well, we'll see uh, how things unfold there. Mike, uh, again, I know you were up uh, very late last night to covering the results. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Joe. Thanks.